When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There we go. Mike is on. Woo! Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. There we go. Thank you, Nick. 12, 3, 2, 1. I was just saying that uh, I'm so happy that everyone from Periscope was on last night. We had about 900 people in and out of this chat last night. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in last night and everyone who's here today, everyone who's on CastBox, everyone who's on Periscope, everyone who's on Mixer, too. Mixer's a weird one. Mixer.com slash Space News Pod. Pretty cool, man. Um, if you're into space science and tech, uh, trying to get a zillion followers on Twitter, that's at Space News Pod. So, good. That'd be great. And that's about it. This podcast is brought to you by Audible as well. Audible, streaming, audiobooks. Anytime, anywhere, on any device, get two months for free using that link. Periscope was being weird last night. Nobody could click that link. Nobody could click any links. They just went to a weird page. So just check that out if you can, if you get a second. Same there. Also on Mixer. Let me post that up to you guys too. So if you sign up for two months, or if you sign up for a free trial, you get two bucks for free audiobooks so check that out let me know what you think uh, so they're a sponsor of the podcast now audible is hooking it up so thank you audible for the support i'm actually an influencer now <laughs> a social media influencer what's up with that that's crazy so let's talk about some other crazy stuff so mars curiosity rover it's on mars right now but we have a satellite around, going around Mars right now. It's called HiRISE. HiRISE takes pictures of the Martian surface sometimes. And sometimes they spot the Curiosity rover from orbit. The Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. HiRISE is part of that. And it took a picture in a location called the Woodland Bay on Mars. It's, a, uh, it's on the side of Mount Sharp, which is a three-mile-tall mountain inside of Gale Crater. So that is... That's the crazy part. They took a picture of this rover. It's about the size of, like... Um, Let's just say uh, a small, like a compact car, like a, well, like a like a normal size car, right? So this thing is about the size of a normal size car, and we have an orbiter flying around Mars, and an orbiter happened to take a picture of Mars Curiosity rover. 
you can't really see anything. It's kind of like a little blob, right? So you, you get to see kind of some definition if you zoom in. You can see the uh, couple of the instruments, but it's not like you can't really see it. You can see the head of Curiosity, which is the remote sensing mast, and a bright spot in the lower or in the upper left corner of the rover. That's the mast. You can check this out on NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory website. It's really freaking sweet. Let me pull this over here so I can actually see this chat with you guys. Uh, Periscope, let me know if you can click that link. If it works, cool. If not, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure what's going on. That link doesn't isn't clickable. But I want to be able to send you guys stuff. I want to be able to send you guys links to places that I want you to go to that are really cool, like NASA's JPL, like to show you pictures and stuff. You guys are a part of this show. Everyone's part of the show. We're all doing this together. This isn't just my show. This is everyone. Everyone's together. Also, Tool Time 21, thank you for those 100 sparks on Mixer. Thanks for those hearts on Periscope as well. Heart it up if you're liking it. And thank you so much for joining the podcast on Fox. Now, the Mars Curiosity rover, it's shiny. So there's like, it's kind of like a mirror when the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter flew over it. It was shiny enough so that the light from the atmosphere, from the sun, that hits the Mars Curiosity rover, they need to be in just the right locations to show off the uh, rover. It has to be dust-free. Can't have a lot of stuff on it. So just it just so happens that it was in the right place at the right time. High-rise camera was pointed at it, and the uh, Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter is flying around Mars right speed. And it took this picture of curiosity. Now, anybody, you know, hanging out in the chat, this podcast is about space, science, and tech. I do it every single day. So make sure you follow so you get these updates as they happen live every single day. I do them usually at about 6 o'clock Eastern every day. Today I did a little bit early. I have some stuff to do tonight. I'm a normal person like you guys. So I have things to do later on. But trying to get 4,000 people on my Twitter. I'm like, what am I at? I think I'm like 12 people away or something. I'm like at 39.85 right now. 39.85. I need 15 more people. more people on my Twitter. So that would be really cool. I would appreciate that tremendously. It's just a mark that I want to hit. It's just a number that I want to hit. doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to make any money from it. Nothing like that. It's just one of those things that I'm shooting for. So if you like this stuff, make sure you hit that follow button. Now, let's get on to some really cool astronomy questions. All right. So let's do this. Let's do some Earth questions. 
question. Is the Earth slowly getting larger? Is the Earth very slowly getting larger? And why? Um, the Earth right now, I'm not aware that it's getting bigger. There's things that change on the Earth all the time. The Earth's rotation is slowing down and the moon is slowly getting further away because of tidal interactions uh, between the two. But the Earth is cooling down, too. So the molten rock inside of our Earth is cooling down. Slowing down very slowly. Magnetic poles switch occasionally, too. But it doesn't make the Earth any bigger. There's numerous questions like that. Is the Earth getting bigger? Is the Earth slowing down? The Earth isn't getting bigger. We only have a certain amount of mass. And it's not actually, it can't get bigger than what it is. Unless, of course, we have a huge amount of asteroids or a huge amount of space dust that gets through our atmosphere and makes it down to the, the surface of the planet at one time or over time. I mean, it could take millions and billions of years to do that. But if we're not going to be excreting anything and there's more stuff coming in, then yes, we can get bigger. The Earth can get bigger. But is it right now? It's not. No, not measurable. So uh, according to this question on the Cornell University website, where did the name Earth come from? And these are things that I think about, too. Like, I don't know all this stuff. I just want you to know this. I'm just like everybody else here. I just want to learn stuff. I want to know new things. So learning this stuff, going to cornell.edu and looking at, their, um, looking at their astro questions, it's really informative. It's really cool. I'd love to learn stuff every single day. So where did the name Earth come from? Who named the Earth Earth? When, why does it, uh, does the answer apply to the origins of the French word Terry? Uh, and they answered, it's impossible to, say, impossible to say exactly who first named the planet Earth. Um, they really doubt one person named it intentionally. It probably developed over time as part of the English language. Earth is Old English and German in origin, related to the Old Saxon Ertha, the Dutch Erde and German Erda. Uh, terra is a French and Latin word, so it isn't part of the Earth etymology. Um, seems likely that people used Earth to mean land, and then it was the natural thing to refer to refer to all the land in the planet. So, yeah, people were saying we have to plant on the Earth, we have to plant the Earth, things like that. We have to till the Earth. So we can plant our corn seeds. <laughs> you know, whatever they did. I'm not an expert at this. I'm not an expert at language. But it's nice to know these things. Um, so basically, it was a term that they used to refer to everything. The soil they were using for their own means. So that's where the name Earth comes from. And it just kind of warped into everything as the Earth. This giant ball that we're on right now, this is the Earth. Um, I saw a funny meme last night, actually. It was uh, 
somebody put a camera really, really close to a basketball. Really, really close. Super zoomed in, macro zoomed. You can see like little ripples on the basketball, on the leather. And <laughs> the caption on the meme was something along the lines of, uh, I just proved that this basketball isn't round. It's flat. So the flat earthers out there, they were pumped because they proved that the earth is flat. That's how they prove that the earth is flat. They basically set a camera down and they measure as far as the eye can see that it's flat. But after, you know, you can't really measure just that. It's too big. The earth is huge. Think about that. Think about how big the earth is. Would you walk 60 miles? No, me either. I'm lazy. I'm not going to walk 60 miles. That's about the distance that it takes for the earth to actually, like, for you to actually, like, sense that the earth is kind of a little bit sloped. But the fact that if you do walk those 60 miles, you're not going to slope down and around the earth. That's silly. So I just saw that, that silly meme the other day. I think it was last night. I think I might even posted it to my Twitter. But it was, uh, it was a funny one because, you know, flat earthers basically you try to make up any sort of idea to verify that the flat earth, well, that the earth is actually flat. So let's ask, here we go. How much longer will the earth last? When will the apocalypse come, my people? The upper limit of the lifetime of the earth is about 5 billion years. Don't worry, the earth is not going to go away in our lifetimes. In about 5 billion years, the sun will have used up its hydrogen reserves and will expand to become a red giant. And that red giant will engulf the earth. The earth will most likely be swallowed up by it. And the earth will only make it so far. You know, it's going to make it to 5 billion years from now. But we might get crushed by an asteroid by then. It's possible. We might get crushed by an asteroid. We may run into something. Something may run into us. We may get invaded by aliens. I don't know. So five billion years is when the sun's going to kill us. It's going to kill the Earth. But we last about 100 years each. So you and me, us, we're not going to see this. We're both going to be dead. Far, far dead by the time this happens. So don't worry about it. The Earth isn't going to go away. The earth isn't going to get destroyed. Don't become a prepper because of this. Don't dig a hole underground. And start stacking your tuna cans and your bottled water. Because the earth isn't going anywhere. The earth is going to be here for 5 billion years. We're going to be okay, people. Simmer down. Simmer, simmer down. Um, what makes the earth rotate? Uh, object must be pushed. That's what we're always told, right? By a force in order to keep moving. Otherwise, it'll slow down and stop. So, spin a basketball. You have to keep spinning that basketball. right? So, you know, you see the, uh, like a basketball player, you have the basketball on their finger, they have to keep spinning it like this. Keep spinning it, keep spinning it. And then when you stop, it goes like, falls off your finger, and it stops. 
Um, so that is not always right. If an object is moving, a force is required to stop it, slow it down, not to keep it moving. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay at rest. In our everyday experience, the force of friction that stops earthbound objects from moving forward. But for the Earth, there's no force working to counteract the rotation, except the tidal effect of the moon. And that's going to happen. That's working really slowly, so not going to happen anytime soon. We're not going to stop. So you don't need to have any input energy to keep it spinning. So why did the Earth start spinning, though? Angular momentum, the name we give for the facts that things tend to rotate. The Earth formed out of a nebula that collapsed. And when the nebula collapsed, it began rotating, which is weird, might seem weird, but not rotating is far stranger in our universe than actually rotating. Everything rotates. The moon rotates. The sun rotates. The Earth rotates. As far as we know, everything in the cosmos rotates. Very slowly. If it's not one singular thing, it's a whole bunch of things. The asteroid belt. Those things. They all rotate in some manner. Uh, the Earth's rotation comes from the initial tendency to rotate that was given to it when it was formed. So, it just doesn't stop. <laughs> we started, and it there's nothing to stop it. Space, there's nothing to stop us. There's no friction in space. So, unless something else, a bigger body, were to come near us, tug us in the other direction... We're not going to stop rotating. So that's, a, that's pretty cool, right? Now, these things are really important to think about every once in a while. And you have to think about, like, when you're, when you're all alone and it's quiet, it's absolutely dead quiet outside. Think about the Earth is moving so rapidly, so fast, that you can't feel it. We're so used to it. We're so used to the gravity, the pull of the Earth's gravity. You can't feel the Earth moving. But it's moving at such a hyper-fast pace. It's rotating. And it won't stop rotating because there's nothing there to stop it. The moon eventually, it's going to take billions of years for the moon to stop it. But by that time, we're going to get killed by the sun anyway. The Earth's going to get fried by the sun. So there's no real way that the Earth is going to stop. Unless, of course, there's a giant body, like I said before. Like a planet that's bigger than our planet. So if there's something like our Earth... Um, why am I not seeing this chat? Why am I not seeing these chats in the periscope? 
Sorry, Periscopers. I'm not seeing chat for some reason. I just saw something. Somebody, and I totally missed it. Somebody said something about um, something proving that the Earth is flat. It's not the case. Earth isn't flat. Don't listen to that guy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. I'm not going to disprove you today because it's, it takes so much. So does lighthouses, the light can be seen 80 miles away impossible on a ball? No, it's just so big. Not impossible on a ball. It's so big, and it's so, it's so far. We can see light. Light travels forever, unless it gets deflected. Of course, you'll be able to see the light. Water cannot curve. 70% of our Earth is water. Oh, man. The gravity of the Earth is holding that water down, curving it around, along the uh, actual Earth itself. See if I can see the chat. See, the other thing is, each chat on my phone, so I have to keep looking down on my phone. Initial tendency. So you're saying momentum. So you're saying it will stop eventually. Well, by the time it stops, the initial momentum from the Earth or of the Earth will be dead. It'll be gone anyway. Billions of years. Billions and billions of years at the rate that we're going right now. The sun will envelop us, like I said before, five billion years from now. And then we'll be fried, so there's no way we're going to get stopped. Of course, yeah, of course water can curve. Yeah. But the water that's on the Earth is being held here by the gravity and the curvature of the Earth. Why can't I see chat on the browser? This is weird. One second, let me check this out. Let me refresh this. So, let's get to another question. What would happen to us if the sun went out for one hour? <laughs> and the answer is... Widespread panic and confusion. Not much. Earth would cool as it does after sunset, and we would be kept warm by the heat seen by the atmosphere, oceans, and land. Pretty much nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. We'd be okay. The sun would keep us warm before and after that. We'd be all right. The atmosphere would, would hold us steady. Okay. All right, so what else do we got going on? We have the European Space Agency, the ESA. Uh, there will be a probe that will be intercepting a comet soon. Well, not soon, relatively soon. So 2028 is the date that it will actually intercept this comet. Rosetta encountered one of these comets before. In 2014, 67P. Uh, there's a new venture that'll launch in 2028 called, very appropriately, Comet Interceptor. And we'll aim to catch and study an object that has come towards the sun from the outer reaches of the universe. Or the solar system, sorry, not the universe. 
It's going to be led by UK's Mullard Space Science Laboratory. Principal investigator will be Gary Jones, University College of London. Oh my, we have a really good chat going on here. The cost of ESA or for ESA to do this is about 150 million. And individual member states will uh, provide instrumentation and cover the tab for this instrument. It's an F class series. F standing for fast, and the call for ideas went out about a year ago, but they selected this really fast. So now there's going to be a period of feasibility. Is this thing, is it, is it able to do the things that they want it to do? Okay, so we know that it's possible. We've already done it. Rosetta, 67P. We've done it. What else can we do? What else do they want to do? The intention is to launch the probe on the same rocket at ESA's Aerial Space Telescope, which um, is going to go up in about the next decade. That's when it's going to happen. They won't use the full performance of the launch vehicle. They'll spare mass and volume available to do something additional. Aerial's destination makes Interceptor a compelling prospect. So if they get this thing, so think about this for a second. If they get this thing from our Earth, if they launch this from the Earth, and they intercept a comet, they intercept a comet, they touch down on this comet, that's the plan. They want to intercept it, they want to touch down on it, they want to do some studies. The main spacecraft will have propulsions, high gain antenna, which will be talking to Earth, and some instrumentation on it. Uh, so they're not exactly sure what they're going to be putting on this thing yet. They're, they're figuring that out between now and launch time, because they have, you know, they have 10 years before it launches. So they have 10 years to build this thing. Well, about nine years, nine-ish years, nine to 10 years to build this thing. So they have time in between now and then figure out exactly what kind of instrumentation that they're going to be using on this. And if they use this instrumentation to gather materials from this comet, are they going to be able to get matter like carbon? Are they going to be able to get carbon from this comet? Are they going to be able to get the signs of life from this comet? And if that's the case, if there's life in the cosmos, if there's life in the heavens, what would that mean to us on Earth? What do you think would happen? Do you think people would freak out? What if we found microbial life? Hypothetically, what if we found microbes in the comet? 
you think people would freak out? Do you think people would, dare I say, hurt themselves, hurt one another because their ideologies always told them that there's no such thing as other beings in the cosmos? Other things up there? Do you think people would riot? Do you think people would be joyous because we're not alone? We found out. you think people would create new religions around these new beings that we found? Scientology. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard. Dude is a freak show. L. Ron Hubbard was a freak show. you think people would make another religion if we found life on these comets. I would be so happy. The eternal question for everybody for everybody, are we alone? How did we get here? Thank you for all those hearts on Periscope. If you're liking this, make sure to follow and heart it up, man, when I see those hearts. Would we, where'd we come from? Who made us? These things that are in comets, these things that are in asteroids, were we brought here from those, from those asteroids, from those comets? Are we a mistake? Are we just an idea? In somebody's video game. Are we like The Sims? Have you ever seen The Sims video game? Are we like that? Are we just a simulation? Probably not. Probably not. We're probably not a simulation. Because that all started happening. That idea of simulations, our universe being a simulation, happened basically when people saw that there's The Sims. <laughs> that there's video games and that there's The Matrix. Right? So that stuff started to kind of happen at the same time. It was like The Sims, The Matrix, all that stuff. All that stuff started to happen at the same time. People were like, oh, now we're in a simulation. No, man, we're not. I don't think we are. I don't think we are. But if we find, what if we find microbial life? What if we find microbial life on Mars? What if we find it in an asteroid? What if we find it in a comet? Something that's careening through our solar system crashes into a planet that doesn't have, like, planet doesn't have life on it. That thing, that comet, asteroid, whatever it is, that big space rock crashes into the planet, those microbes inhabit that planet now. Is that what happened to Earth? Is that what happened to other planets, exoplanets that are around other stars? Billions of stars out there, billions and billions and billions of stars have billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of planets. Unfathomable amount of planets. 
every single one of those planets has the ability to possibly have life on it. Did that life come from another asteroid? Did it come from the microbial ooze that started the planet? Is there a weird sort of concoction that it makes? Which eventually forms into DNA. And then from that DNA, you get like a worm. <laughs> you get a stupid worm, right? It has a tiny, tiny brain. A tiny, tiny brain. And from that worm, here we are. <laughs> right? Here we are. We're a bunch of apes. We're just a bunch of stupid apes that know how to use some tools. Where'd we come from? That's the question that this probe is going to try to answer. Comet Interceptor. 2028. It'll be launched by ESA, European Space Agency. Are we going to find something on the asteroid? There is actually going to be a Mars 2020 rover in 2020. It's going to be launching in 2020. And this rover will have components on it that will be searching for actual life on the red planet. Going to be searching for life on Mars. And when it gets there, it's going to do its calculations, do all of its chemistry, and it's going to be leaving capsules behind for other space tourists, meaning either it's going to be another robot or it's going to be a human that's going to set foot on Mars and bring these things back. Now, if a human gets to Mars, if a human gets to Mars and picks up this stuff, picks up these containers that are full of microbial life, or, you know, if it is microbial life, will they bring that back to Earth, of course? They will. Or will they contaminate it that we never get to see the samples? NASA has a way to make sure that's not contaminated. They send robots to different planets all the time. There's a clean, clean way for NASA to send these things. Hello, Armin. How you doing, man? Armin's over on CastBox. And also on Periscope, make sure to follow the channel. Make sure to follow the channel if you like this kind of content. Um, so when we get those samples back, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if there's life on Mars? What if we find life on Mars? 
what would you personally do if we found life on Mars? Would you freak out? Would you, would you, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, if we, I would be so happy on life on Mars. Even if it's a microbe, if, it, if it's a stupid microbe. If it's a microbe that doesn't do anything. It just lives. How cool is that? It doesn't have to be an alien. Like we, it doesn't have to have feet. It doesn't have to have hands. It doesn't have to walk. It doesn't have to talk. If it's a microbe that's just hanging out, breathing, living on Mars. How you doing, Nate? Nate T4? Hope you're having a good day, man. It would change everything. Everything we've ever known. It would change the world. That's what NASA's trying to do. That's what the ESA, the European Space Agency, that's what they're trying to do. They have been doing experiments like this for a long time, but they haven't been looking for life, specifically. I muted that guy, by the way, Nate. <laughs> I don't see his chats anymore. I just see user reported. It's annoying. Sorry, man. I'm just saying that to you right now. You're annoying. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you, dude. This is my channel. You're annoying. I believe... I believe you have the right to say whatever you want to say. But, one, two, three, Earth... Uh, you got to stop being so annoying. Straight up. So, when we get these samples back from Mars, when we get these samples back from ESA, from these comets, will we change everything? Will everything change? Will humanity kind of bind, like, will we band together? Will we make better missions for the future? Will we make a one kind of a singular kind of presence that says to the outer space, to cosmos, hey, we're going to come and check this out. We need to do as much as we can to figure out what the heck is going on in space. What the hell is up there? Nothing crazy. We're not looking for anything crazy. We're not looking for anything that's, you know, has laser guns or has their own rockets or anything like that. We just want to know what's going on. We don't need anything nuts. You know, we just want to go see what's going on. All of us together. Why don't we do that now? We have private space companies, SpaceX. Uh, we have ULA. We have ESA, we have NASA, we have all these big agencies, and we can come together and build amazing things instead of compete against each other, build a rocket that goes to Mars. 
Right? Go build a rocket. Goes to Mars. Build something that will bring humanity, actual humanity, actual people, bring us to Mars. SpaceX is working on that right now. The Falcon Heavy is a gigantic rocket. The BFR, bigger rocket, the big Affin rocket, big Falcon rocket. On top of that is Starship, a gleaming, shiny Starship. Its main mission is to send things to Mars. That's why they built it. That's why Elon Musk started SpaceX. To send things to Mars, to see if we could do it. He didn't start SpaceX to get NASA contracts. That's boring. Dude is too smart for that. He's too smart. He has bigger visions. He wants to send things to Mars. He wants to take people to Mars. There will be about 100 people that can fit on Starship. 100 people that can get from the Earth to Mars. How crazy is that? And when... People actually set foot on Mars. Things are going to be a little bit different. I think things will be picking up. Some business will be picking up once people set their feet on Mars. There's no better place to go at this point than to Mars. Now, if you go to Moon, you got to go to the Moon first. Got to go back to the Moon. You got to make sure that the technology, when you go up to Mars, that the technology works. Because you can't have a Mars base without figuring out what the heck you're going to do when you get there. Because everything you do in your studies, right, you can study what you could do. But until you're actually in the situation... doesn't make any sense so in situ make a base on the moon figure it out and then from there take that technology to mars we're going to be doing that 2024 we're sending humans back to the moon nasa sending people back to the moon the first woman will be setting foot on the moon 2024 or after 2024 and then the next man will be setting foot on the moon same mission then we're going to be building little moon bases going to be kind of crazy. People will be living and working on the moon. In the near future, within about you know 10 years, people will be working on the moon. It's silly. It's crazy. Like, that's nuts. Do you have any idea what it takes uh, to get to Mars and back? Do the math. Yes. It takes a lot. Elon Musk and the SpaceX crew, all the engineers, all the scientists there have done the math. They've built a rocket that can get us to Mars. They're in the process, I should say. It's not built yet. Starship is that rocket. It'll get us to Mars. We'll get us to the moon, too. It's already... Once you set it in flight, you know, they have to do a lot of testing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy at all. It takes a lot of effort to get to Mars. It takes a lot of effort to get to the moon. It takes a lot of effort to fly a plane from New York to Tokyo. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm saying that we're going to do it. If we don't 
to Mars by 20... Eh, it's 2040s. We plan on going 2030s, right? That's the plan. 2030s, everyone's like, okay, 2030s, we're going to Mars. But things slow down, things happen, you know, stuff happens. So 2040s, 2060s, somewhere in that range. But we'll do it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there to help everyone kind of understand everything that's going on as it happens. If we make it to Mars, when we make it to Mars, I should say, uh, we will kind of push humanity forward a little bit. We went to the moon, right? Went to the moon, and we came back. Went to the moon again, came back. Went to the moon, came back. Went to the moon. Okay, it's boring. We've been there before. We've done it. Why don't we go back? Because we've done it all. That's what we thought, right? We thought we've done it all. But not even close. We haven't built a structure on the moon. We haven't taken the water ice from the moon and created water or hydrogen. You can take that water ice and make hydrogen, which, make, which is rocket fuel. Right? So you can take that hydrogen in a rocket, launch yourself someplace else. There's going to be a, a moon orbiter, which is going to be a mini space station, which is basically like a docking station for, um, for astronauts to go to and from the space station, or to and from the uh, surface of the moon. And when they get to the space station, you know, they'll be able to do things. They'll be able to do experiments. They'll be able to eat. They'll be able to take a little break. Then go back down to the moon. Then go back up to the space station. Is it inhabitable? The moon is, is habitable. We have to find a way to do it, though. Right, so everything you saw when you were a kid, right? All this stuff that you saw. All these cool moon bases that everyone always dreamt about. Those are being worked on right now by NASA. Same thing, once we get it done on the moon, those same technologies, maybe a little bit tweaked because it's going to Mars, will go to Mars. The stuff that we learned on the moon will be headed to Mars. And once we get all that taken care of, um, who knows where we're going to go next. But it's habitable because we have to make kind of a base which will contain oxygen. And what I was saying before, there's water ice on the moon. There's water ice. So you take that water ice, what's water made out of? H2O, some oxygen in there, right? Oxygen, we breathe oxygen. We pump that oxygen from that water ice. We pump that oxygen into our in-situ habitable areas. So... That's what's going to happen on the moon. And there's water ice on Mars, too. So we can do that on Mars as well. So we just have to get the technology perfect to make sure that when we get to Mars, the moon stuff that we did before works perfectly. Thank you for all those hearts, by the way. I appreciate all of your support. Uh, also, this podcast is sponsored by Audible. 
That is the link for Audible. Please, if you don't have an Audible subscription, that's for two free Audible books. Sign up, check it out, get two free books, and uh, it's cool, man. I, you can listen to cool space science tech books, anything, any kind of books you want on Audible. Check that out. Make sure to uh, make sure to sign up. Get free books, man. That stuff really helps out. It also helps me out. When you guys sign up, it shows that, hey, you know, Audible, this guy's doing a, a good job. So thank you to everybody on Periscope that's uh, helping me out with that. Thank you, everybody on CastBox that's helping me out with that. And Mixer. What's up over there, Mixer? Let's see how YouTube's doing. I'm just taking a quick glance at things right now. YouTube is not working out, man. There's something weird about YouTube right now. Yeah. Something weird about YouTube. It's not stream I'm not streaming to YouTube for some reason. Yeah. You know, whatever. Periscope's cool. I like Periscope, man. Periscope's rad. So I do enjoy hanging out on Periscope with you guys. This is really fun. Appreciate you guys and all the support you've been giving me. Really, really helpful. I do this every day. And I also have a downloadable podcast. If you go to spacenewspod.com. Thank you for those hearts. Spacenewspod.com. You can get every one of my episodes. I have like almost 300 episodes. All space-related stuff. Space science tech. All that stuff. All sorts of different topics. And they're quick. They're like 10 minutes-ish. Right? About 10 minutes. So, you know, go check that out too. Spacenewspod.com I appreciate everybody that's done that and to subscribe on there too. You are amazing. And I am pumped to be on Periscope. You all are making my day so much better. And speaking of that, I think we're at the most people that's ever watched my Periscope stream. So thank you for hanging out. Tell your friends. Make sure to subscribe to my, uh, or follow the Twitch channel too. What's my take? Oh, my super heart. My first super heart? Quantum Fay? What is a super heart? <laughs> I don't know what a super heart is. You're amazing. Thank you. I am like, I'm really new to Periscope. Like I've been doing Periscope for like a week, but thank you for that super heart. What's your take on UFOs or aliens, life intelligence, possible visiting earth. Ooh, that's a fun one. Hold on a second. Let me get a drink. This is uh, straight vodka, by the way. I'm, extremely intoxicated right now. I'm just joking. I'm not. That's just water. Um, UFOs are alien life. Ooh. Um, my take is my take is it's possible that there's life out the universe. It's 
possible that there's life. It's probable there's life. There's just so much out there that we don't know about. Quantum Fay, I think we have sort of the same ideals here. I think we're all part of the universe. It's all, we are the universe. If that makes any sense. We're made of stuff that was blown up in stars. Everything that we know was something else before. Right? So this earth that we're on right now, this uh, device you're listening and watching on, that was something else before this. It was stars someplace. It blew up. But I, I think there's got to be life out there. There's got to be. There's billions and billions and billions, hundreds of billions of stars. Hundreds of billions of exoplanets. Trillions of exoplanets that we know of. And then there's the ones that we don't know of. So there's got to be something out there. Maybe not the little green men. You know, like maybe not the, uh, maybe not the, little grays with their, with their spaceships. I just saw a chat. What kind of uh, life or what kind of work am I in? Uh, I was a coder before this. I was a coder. I did web development. But I kind of shied away from that. I'm not really into that anymore. I'm reading chats down here, by the way. I'm getting different chats on my phone than I am on screen over here. NASA heard activity in one area. Yeah, I saw that about the other day. So they, they just had another uh, radio burst from the same area. I didn't really get into it that much. I saw it on my Twitter feed. Um, but I, uh, I didn't really check it out too much. But I'll definitely look into that because I want to talk about it on another podcast. Tool time 21. Thanks for the follow on Mixer, by the way. And Fatal's Booze Cruise on Mixer. Thank you so much for that follow. Everything blew up into everything. Yeah, the was. It's true. You know, everything, everything is everything. It's weird. It's weird. Like, we can't wrap our heads around it. Right? It's a weird thing. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. We're not smart enough to understand it. We can't comprehend it. We know that it happened, right? Like from, from our observations, we know that it happened. But when you think about it, like how big is a star? I don't know. It's immense. It's immeasurable. It's beyond my capability of thinking. I don't know. You know, I know how far away two hours is. I, if I drive two hours, it's about Buffalo. <laughs> you know? Right? So I know about, five, you know, Buffalo is a couple hours away. I know that I got to take a plane from New York to L.A. I could drive from New York to L.A. in about a week. 
But, you know, and from New York to Florida in about two days, two or three days, somewhere around there, two days probably. It's about 21 hours, 22 hours. But you take two days because you don't want to drive 21 hours straight. It sucks. I've done it. It's horrible. But set my scope to allow us to call in. I don't even know how to do that. Quantum Faye, I will figure all this stuff out for the next time, I promise. Because I am just, like I said before, I'm getting there. So is this Periscope in your other podcast based on your interest in space? Yes. Oh, super hearts can be cashed in for money monthly. I mean, you need a lot. Ah, ta -ta 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 -ta. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Cool. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to set it for call-ins. That's how new I am to all this stuff, to all this Periscope stuff. But yeah, I appreciate your help. I definitely do. Um, now, if you think about like how big the universe is, we don't know. We only know what we can see, right? We know the observable universe. Is the universe infinite? Possible. What is infinite to us? It's something that we can't measure. Can we measure how big the universe is? Kinda. I mean, we have measurements of how big we think it is. But what's before the Big Bang? What's before space-time? Is that measurable? Is before the Big Bang, what was it? What did we have? Was there, was there matter on the other side of the Big Bang? Was there stuff on the other side of the Big Bang? And then when the Big Bang happened, it kind of seeped into our universe, our space-time. And it was in something else before this. Right? That's why I think there's life out there. Not crazy green men and Area 51 and all that stuff. I think there's life out there because... It's so infinite. It's just silly to think that, it, that there's not life out there. You know, we know life like this. We know life, okay, Earth is a beautiful, amazing place to be. It's our home. There could possibly be another place like this that's a home to some other thing. A bunch of other things, possibly. There could be billions of homes to billions of things, whether it be microbes, whether it be little green men, whether it be beings like us, bipedal apes. I mean, we're just great apes. We're gigantic apes. We're awesome. We have giant brains. We have great ways to use tools. We have created and invented so many things. But this earth is ours, so... <laughs> Please take care of it, because this is all we have for now. We can't leave. Everyone that says we need a backup plan to go to Mars, no, fix this planet first. This is where we come from. This is our home. Do everything in your power to fix the Earth before we go. Before we go someplace else and live there. 
Do I have a particular area of space exploration that I'm interested in? Oh, man. I'm interested, interested in all space exploration, to be honest with you. Everything about space, I, don't, I haven't pinpointed it yet. I'm just a geek for this kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to be making a trip to NASA in November. November 15th is a tentative launch for SpaceX to be sending humans back to the ISS from a spaceship at American soil, or on American soil that was built in America by SpaceX. The Crew Dragon will be sending NASA astronauts up to the ISS if everything goes well. And if it doesn't, we got a backup plan. We're taking a Russian rocket. Not a big deal. We got two of them scheduled. So it's all good. If they don't make it by November 15th, I'll get the next one. I have a GoFundMe for that because I've been doing these podcasts. I have almost 300 podcasts. I've been doing it since last year. This is my main income source. This is how I make my money now. This is my job. I had a regular podcast for, you know, six months or whatever it is so far. And I just literally just got out of Periscope a couple, like a week and a half, two weeks ago or something like that. Not that not that long ago. But I just tried it out and I was like, this Periscope thing is neat. So thank you to everybody on Periscope right now. We're killing it, by the way. Killing it. Have you ever heard about the argument to do risky scientific experiments on Mars where it would be contained like AI, biotech, nanotech, fusion power, maybe, says Lars over on CastBox. I've heard about it. I've also heard about manufacturing on the moon as opposed to on Earth. <sighs> See, the other thing is, I'm not opposed to it. But it doesn't make any sense to do it there. Things like, um, you know, Things that could blow up the earth. Or things that could contaminate the earth. Things that could kill things on earth shouldn't be done to begin with. Um, those kind of things, just don't do them. I think when you get to a certain point and you get some sort of technology, nuclear technology, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. All these nuclear power plants, we didn't know how to contain them. So they break down. Chernobyl, if you haven't watched that yet, watch that show. It's amazing. It's scary. It's terrifying. It's a horror show. It's a horror show. People's lives got absolutely destroyed, melted, melted people because of the nuclear accidents that happened. But don't do that on another planet. We can't even do it here right. I wish we could. I really do. Do you believe the current space program plays a role in helping to preserve our planet? Yeah, I do. Um, NASA has numerous satellites in orbit as well as the ESA have numerous satellites in orbit, which track things like um, you know, iceberg melt which track things like weather patterns 
um, which in turn can show people the science that, hey, this earth is, you know, there's a climate crisis going on. You know, there's some things that are going on that we're just not uh, sure what's going on. But these, this is the data. This is why we should be taking action. And, uh, you know, stop driving gas guzzlers. If I could, I would. Man, if I could afford a Tesla, if I could afford an electric car, I would. If I could have solar power, I would. I do everything I can in my power to uh, drop my footprint, my carbon footprint, to as little as possible. So everyone just has to do their part at this point. Uh, but NASA has a huge role in that. You know, NASA shows that the Earth has been warming. June is the hottest month ever recorded. Uh, there was a study that came out a, uh, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe last week, showed that June was the hottest month ever recorded. So <laughs> think about that for a second, too. Think about that. Can you... Can you do one thing today? It's going to make life on Earth better. For, even if it's just for one person. Even if it's just for yourself. Please, go do something nice for somebody. You live in a city, you know what it's like. You know what it's like. You see the same people, you see different people, you see millions of different people. New York City, LA, San Francisco, San Diego, Chicago, Paris, London, whatever. Any, any city that you live in. Barcelona. No, and nobody's smiling. Nobody's saying hi. Just look up. Look up and say hi. Smile at somebody. Change the world. It could change the world. It could change somebody's day. Hold the door for somebody. Do something nice. That's the way to start the change. Be nice to each other. Stop being assholes. And from there, positive reaction. Positive reaction from that person makes their day better. Makes them think a little bit more positively. They do more positive things for other people. It spreads eventually. We all have nice things. We all have good things. People are good. People, deep down inside, people are good. People want to do the right thing. They just don't know how. They don't know how to, you know, how to reduce their carbon footprint. Take a bike. I just bought a bike. Like a, bought a bike. I want to ride my bike now. I don't want to drive my car. I used to ride a bike about five years ago. Stop because I started living in a place where uh, you have to drive 35 minutes to get to any place where there's anything, really. So, around town, use my bike. It's more fun. It's way more fun. Way more fun. And, you know, don't use gas every time I go out. Little things, man. Can you walk to the store as opposed to drive? Why aren't you walking? Stop being lazy. I'm lazy. I'm the first one to say that. I'm a lazy son of a bitch. 
So I'm going to change that. Everyone else can change that as well. Ooh, I like this, David. Do you think that going back to the moon is a logical first step on the path to Mars? I do think it's important. I do think it's logical because we have to have the technology to survive on Mars when we get there. I said it a little bit ago. Uh, we're going to make um, we're going to make habitats on the moon in twenty twenty four. That's all going to start happening again. Go back to the moon, make habitats. We're going to be living and working on the moon. We need to do that in order to learn those techniques for Mars. We need to have all of that technology from rovers and robots on the moon in order to send them up to Mars so those robots and those rovers can help us survive. Those robots and rovers that are going to Mars and to the moon aren't there to you know, just do whatever science. They're there so we can have more logical steps to survive on the moon. So I think it's very important. I think it's very important, very logical to get to Mars through the moon. The moon to Mars mission. That's NASA's thing. It just happens to coincide, kind of, with the Apollo 11 50th anniversary, which is coming up. Many people don't believe in the greenhouse effect. Many people don't believe that the Earth is round. <laughs> Many people don't believe in a lot of stuff. Many people don't believe that our Earth is kind of wonky right now. But, you know, we put a bunch of junk in the atmosphere. This is our fault. If you deny that, there's charts, there's graphs, there's science out there showing the uh, showing the carbon output from humanity, which coincides with all this climate crisis. Basically, I don't know where they are off the top of my head. I haven't researched that in a little bit. Um, I don't have them handy, but if You know, if you kind of deny that, if you're like a climate denier, just be like, why are you denying it? Like, what's your, what's your take on it? You know, why, why would you deny that? What's the point? What's the point of denying that? Doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't you just say, okay, well, we gotta, we gotta fix this. This looks horrible. And no matter what, even if, you know, you get more followers if you let us call it. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> how about next time? Hey, next time. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, next time I go live, you'll know. Or on, can you follow me on Periscope too? Yeah, follow me on Periscope too. But if, if people are going to deny climate change or climate whatever they want to call it, Why wouldn't you just do the right thing anyway? Why are you being such a dick? Why are you just 
Why do you want to argue about it? Well, it's not actually happening. Well, why don't you not drive your Ford F-150 pickup when you could easily fit your family in a smaller car? You douche. You know, one of the, it's stuff like that. Nothing against Ford F-150 pickups if you need them. But, you know, for work or whatever. But I think I just pissed off like 90% of America, of hard work in America. But if you can fit your whole family into a smaller sedan, then a giant truck, you know, move them, move them down a little bit. Take a bike. You know, stop being a dick. Those are the things you have to think about. Stop being a jerk. And if climate, you know, climate change, if you want to call it that, climate crisis is real, then you did your part to help fix it. If it's not real, you're just actually a nice, good person. You're doing the right thing. Where I live, so why I said a Ford F-150 pickup, and I'm not sponsored by Ford. <laughs> so, you know, and I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care. But there's a lot of people around here that drive big trucks. I'm in the middle of a forest. I'm in the middle of a forest. So I see that stuff all the time. And I'm like, dude, you have literally one person in your truck ever. And you don't work at a, a hard working job, like a, a, a blue collar job like that. You work in an office. Why do you have Ford F-150? I get it. Freedom of choice. Yes. Get it. But come on, man. Do the right thing. Part of the, yeah, the space program is part of the journey. I did a podcast about um, what technologies that the space program has helped us out with the other day, actually, on my regular podcast. This is my live podcast, and I'm loving it, by the way. I love it. Thank you to everybody on Periscope, by the way, for chilling. You're awesome. You know what? I have reported uh, one, two, three, Earth. <laughs> so I can't see what he's saying, man. <laughs> I can't see what he's saying. So it's funny listening to, watching you guys chat to him, and I have no idea what he's saying, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's the same stuff as before. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to see that guy. Being a... Look, man. One, three, one two, three, Earth. I... I believe that you have the right to your own opinions. Okay? We all can believe in anything we want to believe in. That's why we're human beings. We all have our own brains. See, Rick, that's a legit reason to have an F-250. To travel the U.S. Haul the trailer to travel the U.S. Yeah, that's a legit reason. But people that use it as their grocery getter, people that use it to get from their house to their office, it doesn't make any sense, you know? F-250, there's a, there's a reason why they built those big trucks. You know, there's a reason why people need logging trucks, too. I mean, if you want to buy it just for the hell of it, go for it. It's your money. Do what you want. But you got to think about the whole consequences wrong things my next vehicle will be as gas well 
as efficient, I should say, hopefully it's going to be electric, as efficient as possible. And I will hopefully be able to install solar so my car can be neutral. Neutral carbon car, which would be really great. Yeah, how do I how do I block this guy? <laughs> I think he wants to be blocked. So, kind of funny. Yeah, I think um there's no if about climate. Exactly. You know, there's no, I mean, if it, if it's happening, right, it's happening. The climate has changed. You can see it. There's actual reports. It's happened. It's happening right now. We're going through it right now. And deniers, people that are saying things about, like, there's no proof. Have you ever read the proof? Probably not, you idiot. Go read the proof. Go, go look at the uh, go look at the proof. That's all I'm saying. There's proof out there. There's proof. X Files. Aliens. No, not really. There's no there's no proof of aliens. By the way, remember? Have you seen on Twitter the uh, Area 51 rush thing? People are gonna rush into Area 51. What the hell is that about? What the hell is that about? Why would people want to rush into Area 51? That doesn't make any sense at all. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. These people are armed. They're armed guards. doesn't make any sense. These people are in the military. Why would you want to rush into a military base and get shot and killed along with a bunch of your friends? doesn't make any sense. So when do non-intelligent peoples get invited to Mars? Obviously not first wave, but when does economy demand hobos? <laughs> I like that, Nate. I'm switching between uh, CastBox and Periscope right now, so I'm I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading different chats. It's gonna be a while, man. Like us normal people haven't been to the moon yet. Us normal people haven't been to the space station yet. It's gonna be a hundred years. You know, a hundred years before we can probably go to the moon as a tourist. Realistically, I mean, realistically, in the next. 20 years, we'll be taking flights to, you know, orbit. Um, Virgin Galactic, they're setting that up. So the next couple years, five, 10 years, you know, we're going to be able to do that at a decent amount of money. Right now, it's like $250,000 to go to orbit. Not even orbit. It's like right below orbit. You get to see the curvature of the Earth, etc. Then you come back down. 
Bonifay, I think we have to partner up here, man. I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything on, on Periscope. <laughs> I gotta ban this guy. No, I I just don't get it. He can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. He's just being silly, you know. It's a it's a goofy thing for him to uh, to do these things. So for him to talk about this stuff and basically like troll us all. So whatever. If you want to mute him, go for it. I will more than likely ban him. <laughs> if I knew how. <laughs> I muted him. I reported him. Let's see. You're not seeing this message because this user has been reported. But I think I didn't ban him. I tried to click on the little thingy next to him, the little three dots, but it didn't have a ban option. I don't know. I thought I could ban people like that, but apparently not. Uh, one to three Earth. By the way, one to three Earth. I do respect your ideals and I do respect your opinions. Um, so that being said, this is a space, science, and tech podcast. So if you don't have anything constructive to say about those things, though I do appreciate your opinion and I appreciate your ideology, like I said before, um, you know, just be nice to people. That's it. Just be nice to people. Have a good conversation. Don't preach to them. Nobody wants to be preached at. Rick, yeah, there's a whole thing about rushing Area 51. Like, 250,000 people have signed up for it on Facebook. There's a Facebook group. And then there's another 300,000 people that have signed up as a, uh, maybe I'll go. That kind of thing. But then the news got a hold of it. It was at 250,000. And it's probably like a huge amount now. Like a huge amount more. Let me see. Let's see. Rush. There we go. 51. Let's take a look how many people have signed up. Uh, Storm 51. 500,000 people. Let's see, Storm 51 Facebook group. Hold on a second. Let me find out how many people are actually signed up for this now. Storm 5, Area 51. They can't stop us. They can't stop all of us. I, I haven't been to their Facebook page, so I'm not sure. Here we go. This is the Facebook page. Seven hundred twenty-seven thousand are going, and six hundred sixty thousand people are interested in rushing Area Fifty-One, storming Area Fifty-One. And the details are this: we will meet up at Area Fifty-One Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our event. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. <laughs> Naruto is an anime character who runs really fast. And they have memes, like tons and tons of Elon Musk memes. 
This is a great, great troll. Three quarters of a million people are going. I'm going to invite some of my friends just to kind of mess with them. So funny, man. So funny. People bought into it. It got picked up by major media. It was just a hoax. Like, people were just being meme you know? Oh, it'll cost more than a million to get to the moon. It's 250000 to get to the low, like, just seeing the Earth's curvature, basically. So, it's probably going to be... I don't know. What is Elon Musk charging for that trip? Starship. I think it's a billion, maybe? Take a look. They want to do a trip around the moon. SpaceX wants to do a trip around the moon with a Japanese billionaire in 2023. He's planning on taking six other, six to eight other artists. The trip will take five days. Uh, let's see how much they're going, how much it's going to cost. Five billion dollars to make the rocket. That doesn't say how much it's going to cost them. But it's going to cost $5 billion to make the rocket, which they're going to get NASA contracts to go to, you know, ISS, etc. So they're going to be able to pay for the rocket eventually. But these people that are going to go around the moon, it's going to cost a million dollars. Probably $500 million to go around the moon. That's what I'm assuming. This is the first one ever. That's what I'm assuming. It's going to cost a lot of money. So I'm never going. I'm probably never going to space. $250,000. Unless this podcast becomes as important as the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> I'm never going to make it to never going to make it to space. Never going to make it to space. So on that note, my friends, you aren't going to make it to space probably. I'm not going to make it to space, but I do have to do stuff in real life. Fortunately, I have a life outside of this podcast. Quantum Faye, thank you so much for that super heart. I think that's what it's called. I'm new to this, remember? <laughs> thank you so much, everybody who's been hanging out and listening to this podcast. I do appreciate it. I appreciate all of you for everything that you've done. So far for the podcast. Suborbital orbital travel, LA to New York in an hour will be the benefit before moon and Mars travel. Yes, Nate, you're right. We're going to be going from New York to LA in an hour because we can go higher, less friction, go faster. Math. Let's do it. Let's do it, everybody. Let's do some physics. So... Thank you so much for all of the support. Thank you so much for listening today. And thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me. Make sure to follow the channel on Periscope. Everybody, right now, just listening, make sure to follow. Hit the follow button, please. Next time I'll come on, we'll talk about other crazy subjects. Life in space, 
the moon, Mars, the Earth. We'll talk about some more physics, more astronomy. Maybe, maybe quantum fate. I'll be able to block people. I'm not sure if I'll be able to figure it out. But <laughs> I'll open up calls. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. So I'll figure it out too. Figure out how to open up calls to people. Studio thirty thirteen. Yes, that will cause some trouble. Five hundred thousand people plus. Yeah, Rick, it's gonna be nuts. <laughs> so thank you again, everybody, for taking the time out of your day to spend it here on the Space News Pod. My name is Will Walden. Make sure to follow. Make sure to hit me up on Twitter. You're amazing. Thanks again. And I will see you next time, my friends. Next time, we will have better stuff where I can block people. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks.